Olio launched, the company was launched in 1995. She joined in 2012 to lead the Americas. Now about 400 customers, about a $13 million run rate, up 20% year over year. 50% of the UK police force uses their recruiting technology. Kind of interesting. They are profitable. Again, went public back in 2000. Now about 120 people between New York City, London, and remote locations. 12 people in the Americas. Over 100% net revenue retention. Peel back that onion about 98% gross revenue retention annually. And then obviously you add back upsells to get above 100%. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Jeanette Maester. She's the managing director and head of Americas at a company called Olio. At Olio, she drives growth, influences the product, and helps customers leverage technology to transform their recruiting efforts. Jeanette, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. I'll do my best. All right. Very good. So, Tyson, first, when was the company founded and what year did you get involved? Sure. So, company was founded in 1995, which is relatively uh, on the older side for a tech company. I actually got involved with the company first as a customer uh, back in, I think it was 03 or 04. And they made the jump from a HR practitioner and a customer to um, heading up the Americas six years ago now. So it's been uh, quite some time. Got it. So you joined in 2012? 2012. Yes. If I did the math, it's 2018. Yes. That's got it. So, th- so they, do they have any footprint in the Americas before you joined? Uh, we did not physically, but a number of customers like Goldman Sachs. And at the time I was at Credit Suisse before that, I was at Lehman Brothers, which also is a customer, which is a whole other story we could do. I'm sure a whole podcast on the demise of Lehman. I was about to sell. I was going to say, OK, the story, I'm getting the story now. It's starting to piece together here. OK, so, uh, OK, 95 founded. You found you joined about 2012. You're leading the Americas. For those that are not familiar with the product, tell us what the company does. Sure. So um, Olio is a innovative talent acquisition tech company. We really focus a lot on using artificial intelligence to help companies find the best candidates really quickly, find the best match to you know find them, engage them, and ultimately hire them in a really fast way. So that's really our sweet spot is helping companies like uh, Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, NBC Universal with their uh, high volume hiring needs. And what is the uh, what's the pricing model? Is it a pure play SaaS company here? Um, it's a mix. It is it is SaaS, but then we do have a bit of uh, professional services as, as well. Okay. More, if you look at the last twelve months of revenue, more than eighty percent is SaaS. Yes. Okay. Good. So majority SaaS. Majority SaaS. Got yeah. it. And, and so every kind of talent or HR tech company I've interviewed prices differently here in terms of how they batch their different levels. You know, the old way was, you know, 30% of first year salary. That's kind of out the window with new firms like you. How do you batch your pricing? Is it like a number of hires per month or per year? Well, you know, it's, it's a great point. We've actually changed our pricing model um, a fair amount over the past few years because we used to be a little more old school, yeah. <laughs> to, to your point. Um, so we, we price on number of employees um, and then number of products that because we have a whole full suite of, of talent acquisition products as well. So depending on, you know, you, the, the more our tagline is more powerful together. So the more the more you buy, the more yeah. powerful <laughs> pricing you get as well. It's more powerful together. Yeah. So it's, it's a combination there. Makes sense. So help me understand. I don't want to go to an every customer cohort, but on average, what's a sweet spot customer going to pay you per year? I'm, I'm assuming we're probably talking six figures here. We, we are, you know, um, yeah, uh, we, we always talk in, in SAS on MRR, monthly recurring revenue versus ARR. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we have customers paying, you know, we, we work primarily with a lot of enterprise size customers, um, given the names I threw out. So 80% of our customers have over a thousand employees. So we have some customers paying us, they're buying just one of the products, like, you know, two, two, two to 5,000 a month, all the way up to 
that six figures um, a month. So a big, big change, but all in that big enterprise piece. Would you um, say a fair kind of average would be somewhere in like the five or 10K per month range? Is that is that fair? Yeah, the majority are closer to that range. And then we have some, you know, big the runaways. Events, as you say, I think yeah. the interesting piece that we've certainly seen in the market over the past um, number of years is the pricing um, in, in SaaS and within HR tech certainly has has come down. So a bit of a commodity pricing, you know, the the, the prices that we used to be able to um, look at and people were willing to pay years ago, uh, that, that's come down as, you know, the HR tech is, you know, the, the amount of investment going on and competitive nature, we've had to, you know, many companies have had to readjust the What's the your guys' investment history look like? I assume you're probably not bootstrapped at this scale. How much have you raised yeah. to... Yeah, we're actually a public company. Oh, you so guys are public now. Okay, great. Our public uh, went public um, back in two thousand. So um, during uh, the the, the dot com boom back in back in the day. So uh, yeah. So uh, but but we did start out our founder and who is still our CEO and founder and chairman. Um, ended up bootstrapping and starting the company from a previous company he had used that investment dollars um, or we're actually based in the UK originally. So pounds, I should say. Yep. Yeah, Interesting. So you're public. So the revenue stuff is all public because you have to report it. What, what size are you guys at today? Sure. Revenue is depending on the exchange rate. Um, it's about $13 million. Um, okay. So not, you know, compared to my days at a, a credit Suisse, a little bit different. <laughs> but but that, that's that's about where we're at, depending on exchange rate, of course. Were you there when the company did go public or you joined after? I joined after. Okay, you joined after. Yeah, I, I mean, so like in the States, obviously, you know, I interview, I want to say maybe 10% of my interviews are with founders doing between 80 and 150 million a year. And even yeah. some of them are like not looking at going public. I mean, in the States to really go public in the SaaS space, you've got to be, you know, somewhere in the 80 to 120 million kind of ARR range with some other healthy economics. Why do you, I mean, do you have any instinct into why they went public so early? Back then, I think the certainly who was going public was very different model. Uh, back back in the day versus versus now, um, uh, very different. The other interesting thing that's very different with the UK um, based company versus US that we found is uh, we are profitable. Uh, we always run at a profit. So the economics now of companies that want to go public, you know, profitability doesn't really matter. It's more about the revenues. Um, so we find that to be um, an interesting challenge um, these days. Um, competing in the U.S., so what? What are you know? What we're trying to do is a little bit different um, from a profitability standpoint, not just revenue. Yeah, I imagine there are some probably large companies you compete with that are still private in the states with significant funding and way away from profitability. Yes, that yeah. makes my job very interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> what does growth rate look like? So, if you had about a thirteen million dollar run rate today, where were you a year ago? Yeah. So um, over the past two years, our growth rate has been double digit. We grew uh, about 25% globally. Last, uh, we just look at the U.S. two years, about 33% growth. So big, big you know, big, big growth there, um, which we are, you know, particularly given I head up the Americas, we are excited about. Yeah. Talk, talk, so for people listening that are thinking about hiring their next head of Europe or head of the Americas or head of insert region name, well, what does your day look like? I mean, what are you managing? My day is crazy, but everyone's day is crazy. So, you know, I, I focus on for better or worse, a little bit of everything, whether it's, you know, product and, you know, where, where we're moving the product and how it's going to look and feel. You know, I was, as I said earlier, I was a HR practitioner. So I wear that hat of the customer. Um, so, you know, attending, a, you know, it might be a roadmap meeting. Um 
followed by, you know, I'm involved sales, marketing. So figuring out, okay, what's our marketing strategy? We, you know, what, what, what are we going to be doing? What's the campaign look like? Um, all the way through talking to a head of sales, you know, what, what, what's going on? What deal, you know, what's the deal looking like? Um, you know, how, how many are co- coming in the pipeline? What, what can we do better? So lots of meetings throughout the day. Um, I tend to do my quiet work at night, yep. <laughs> working on, you know, I, I do a lot of speaking. So writing presentations and looking things over happens late at night after I put my children to bed. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's great. And what have you, so what have you scaled to now in, in terms of total customers on the platform? Uh, we are over 400 um, employers that, that use that use the technology. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So, I mean, I can take kind of a million, a little north of a million a month, right? Divided by 400. Each one pays between 2,500 and kind of three grand per month, something like that. I'm going that quick math. Yeah. I can't do math in my head. I'm no, that's, it. that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> what, <laughs> when, when you come in, when, when you're building the sales team out for the Americas, help me. And, and actually let's go macro and then micro. So what's the total, the whole company total team size today? Total team size, we're a little over 120 employees globally. And how many just under you in the Americas? U.S., we're at 12. Okay, 12 so small, people. Small but mighty. We have the majority of our you know, tech developers and um, professional services team out, out in our London office. Okay, and where is the U.S. office based? U.S., we're um, in New York, um, and then we have a number of um, employees all over the country. So Texas and Florida are the two other big, big hubs. Okay, New York City, London, kind of remote locations. That's great. Um, what Has anything, when you look at your cohort data from the customers you've brought on and the marketing you've done in the States, are there any just glaring examples of big differences between here and, and London and Europe, European customers? Yeah, well... Interesting. Customers or how to bring on customers? Oh, both, actually. Okay. Yeah. No, it, I think what's one of the interesting things in the U.S., um, very much customers like to know the word of mouth. So the references, you know, oh, have they heard of Olio from someone they know at another company? So logo acquisition is really key that we found um, in, in the U.S. compared to the U.K., um, which is it's it's not about the numbers per se. We feel like it's it, there, there's an interesting piece there. Um, U.S. customers again, I'm totally stereotyping. Tend to be in some respects um, a bit more detailed and demanding, and what they're looking for. Um, it may be because we have a number of U.S. customers. You know, my background is financial services and Wall Street that that are in that arena, so they tend to be very um, detailed and demanding. Um, not to say UK is not, but again, if we had to sort of look, look at the differences, um, they want a lot more details and, and you know, what they're getting. Um, the industry versus- breakdown is different. You're leading into fintech, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're, we're big in there. In the UK, we're much bigger with um, the, the UK government and the Probably about- telecoms. UK. Yeah. Uh, we're about fit. We actually have over 50% of um, the UK police forces use our technology. Oh, so it's different if you think of like, you know, that uh, versus, you know, fi- financial services um, as well. So uh, a, a little bit different, but all high volume hiring. Let me, I was gonna say, let me ask you a question. So you are in a very unique position to answer this question. What is the turnover rate with the UK police force? Ooh, I, you know, I don't know that off the top of my head. Like what's high velocity hiring? How many new, like, cause I imagine you work well at like a McDonald's, right? Where there's, they turn through people quickly, yeah, right? Yeah. Like a lot of retailers as well that are, you know, doing yeah. it. 
hundreds of thousands of hiring. So um, what does that look like? Like 30% turnover annually, 50% turnover annually? Do you know what that is across the base? You no, know, I, I, I don't. I don't even want to put out a guess because I could be completely <laughs> raw. Like it's, it's so not the area and shame on me. I sit on our global leadership team. I should know some of those stats, but I, I'm just I, curious. I'm not even going to attempt. That's okay. <laughs> talk, talk to, let's shift to some other kind of economics to customers you already have versus marketing channels. So churn's critical in any SaaS company. What's your guys' annual churn and how are you driving that down? We actually have a very high customer retur- um, retention rate um, in the, I think it last we checked was not 98%. I mean, that's something that we have always taken extremely seriously. So, uh, you know, with that said, constantly, we, we just, you know, want to keep our customers happy to continue that high retention rate. We rolled out in the past couple of years, uh, customer success, um, you know, whole, whole area, which we did not really have beforehand. So that's been a huge area of investment for us um, to, to drive any of those customers who are thinking about leaving to make sure that they're, you know, they're happy and not just happy, but getting value from what we're delivering to them. Yep. Um, yep. Ultimately high and great. When you great. look at your, your, when you add kind of take your gross revenue churn, add back expansion on the cohort that signed up a year ago, is your net revenue retention north of a hundred percent, I imagine? Yes. Yes. Yeah. How far is it like 120, 140? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. But above 100. Yeah. No, no. It's curious. I mean, th- th- this is a big, you know, I've done about 3,000 of these interviews. It's, it's a pattern I recognize in terms of when people start thinking about when to add expansion revenue opportunities. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people with sub like thousand dollar a month ARPUs never really get close to it, but people like you, where you've got less customers, but higher touch, higher ACVs tend to be expansion yep. machines, like doubling ACVs year over year. So I'm just, I was wanted yeah. to learn more about your machine there. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. So those numbers afterwards. So in you're Excel, not in my head. Your main though upsells though. It sounds like our product base. It, it sounds like the only utility metric you're pricing against is like volume of hiring. Are there any other numbers based metrics you're upselling against? You know, the other thing we'll do, we do a big business with, um, campus recruiting, college recruiting. Um, so companies like, again, the big financial services going to, you know, universities hiring tons of entry levels. So, um, we also will, depending on if we're selling just the tool to that part of the business where they're not going to use our technology to run all of their recruiting efforts, but just that very specific initiative base, uh, we'll, we'll price, we'll pull that into the pricing model as well. Yeah. And yeah. La- last question on economics, how aggressive are you being in the Americas in terms of CAC? So to get a new $3,000 a month customer, what will you pay fully weighted to acquire that one? Um, so I won't give you the direct answer, but we are being very aggressive with, with, with pricing. Like north of a 12 month payback period. So more than 36 grand to get a $3,000 customer. Possibly. Okay. <laughs> or is, it, is that one of those things? Is that one of those things you guys haven't, you haven't put out publicly? Yeah. Some things we haven't put out public. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> like got for it. all my fun competitors everywhere, but we're being very, very aggressive, much more than we have been, you know, compared to, to years past. Why is we that? Have to, given, given the market, given the market and the competitive nature and, you know, the expansion that we're really looking to do in the U S and the focus on, um, ensuring we're bringing on new logos, um, that I think that's, you know, that, that has been a, a key piece that we're trying to, uh, to, to focus on yep. um, and then prove our value, you know, make sure, you know, when, when we don't have the biggest brand, I don't have the marketing dollars that a lot of my, you know, big competitors have. So we need to be um, really smart and strategic with the way we bring on customers and how we acquire them and 
price for better or worse plays a, you know, a, a piece into that. Yep. Interesting. Uh, let's wrap up here, Jeanette, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Ooh, favorite business book. Uh, I would say the finer points of leadership written by Michael Finer, who was my uh, business school professor at Columbia business school. It used to be the head of HR at PepsiCo years ago. It's a, it's a great book. Michael Finer. What was the title again? Uh, the finer points of leadership. And it's actually spelled as his last name, which is F E I N E R. So cute play on words. The finer points of leadership. Yeah. Very good. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Ooh, uh, well, I think right now, probably most people are following, uh, for better or worse, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, just because it's so interesting what's going on and what we're reading about in the papers and, and with, with everything. So I guess I would say I'm, I'm following him from that perspective. Number three, what billing tool do you guys use? Billing tool? Mm -hmm. What billing tool do we use? Uh, what is it we're using? Uh, God, I don't even know off the top of my head. My wonderful CFO handles all that. That's okay. That's okay. What's your What's your favorite online tool for building the company? Um, favorite online tool. Uh, I'm really loving HubSpot. Where you we just you know brought that on. I don't know, a few months ago. Now that I think of it, really great from a marketing automation standpoint. Number four, Jeanette. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'd love to get eight hours. I'm happy if I get six. Okay. And situation, I think you said you had two kiddos or married, single? Uh, married, two kids. I have an eight-year-old daughter, 10-year-old son. Full plate. And do you mind me asking about how old you are? I yeah, Go for it. I am 42 and hopefully I look a little younger. <laughs> <laughs> I, would have, I would have never guessed. Never guessed. All right. Last question. Take us home here. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. 20-year-old self, I would say don't be afraid to take risks. That, that, you know, some of the best things come out of just not being afraid and taking those risks. And um, the other thing which I've given advice to people over the years is uh, don't assume um, that people know what you're thinking. You have to ask, ask for things. So I've had throughout my career, if I didn't ask for things, um, I didn't get them. And so uh, the way I got on the global leadership team at Olio was I literally spoke to my CEO and asked to be on the team. And, you know, next week I was on our leadership calls. So you have to ask for things. Guys, you have to ask for things. Don't make assumptions. One of my favorite points from the my favorite, one of my favorite books, The Four Agreements, highly recommend checking that out. Again, Jeanette joining from Olio launched, the company was launched in 1995. She joined in 2012 to lead the Americas. Now about 400 customers, about a $13 million run rate, up 20% year over year. 50% of the UK police force uses their recruiting technology. Kind of interesting. They are profitable. Again, went public back in 2000. Now about 120 people between New York City, London, and remote locations, 12 people in the Americas, over 100% net revenue retention, peel back that onion about 98% re gross revenue retention annually. And then obviously you add back upsells to get above 100%. Jeanette, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you. Appreciate the time.